People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 429. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. That was the last time I could do that until next year, so I had to get that in. Yeah, but I'm, it won't be the same. This will be in season five. But it'll, Oh, shit, you're right. I was thinking yeah. 520. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Hallie's Comet. You see it once in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, no, I can do it again in uh, season 420. Oh, that'll be us recording from beyond the grave. <laughs> we won't even be beyond the grave because the entire entire Earth will be burnt to a crisp. We'll we'll be in the air or something. Maybe we'll have ash. uploaded our brains to like you know computers, and that's how our spirits will go. really live on. What's yeah. freaky is that's a thing. I I know. I don't I don't like it. You Welcome don't like it. To no. Millennial 420. I am podcaster <laughs> robot Andrew. So uh, we have been off for two weeks. Pam, you were at Comic Con. How did that all go? It was really good. Uh, Comic Con is a shit show as always, but it's my shit show. So I'm happy I went. And uh, there's some really cool stuff that came out of there. It was kind of a weird year because a lot of bigger mainstays weren't around, but it wasn't short of news at all by any mm-hmm. means. What do you think was like the cool? What was the coolest panel you attended? Or thing you it actually did? wasn't a panel that I um, covered. I was just um, in Indigo Ballroom is a, is one of the rooms that it, it's kind of like off to the side. So I think a lot of people don't go there, but it's over at the Hilton Bayfront. And I was chilling in there trying to finish up a story because it would just take too long to walk to the press lounge. And John Barrowman came out. I guess he does a show every year called Anything Goes. And it's just like, a stand-up panel and he does crazy stuff and answers fan questions and he's just like so funny uh, for those of you guys that don't know he's like a really big actor from doctor who and also torchwood and it was just like it was hilarious i i was like laughing so hard i was crying and it was just <laughs> kind of one of those things that i wouldn't have gone to myself but i just ended up there and i was like cool let's just hang out at this john barrowman panel and it was really yeah. great that is actually a great story to go with because that is very Comic-Con where you just accidentally come across something amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like the story of my life. Andrew knows that like Comic-Con is just so weird and I feel like I always end up in some awkward situation. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's fine. It's fun. What did you do, Laura? Um, I see here in the document that somebody suggested that I was just masturbating the whole time. <laughs> well, I knew what Pam did. I knew what I um, did. and But I didn't know what you did. So I just put in a placeholder. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. That I mean, I would say that's a pretty accurate reflection of events. But um, unlike you guys, I didn't have anything cool going on during our little mini summer break. I, I was still, you know, a working stiff. Went to my day job. Went to a couple of concerts, so that was fun. Hmm. Who did you see? Um, I had a well. I saw the English Beat last night. Got like college age drunk, <laughs> which was very embarrassing because my boyfriend was DDing for me, 
And today he told me all the crazy shit that I said <laughs> last night. And I was like, I am really impressed that you still love me. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Can you give us an example? Apparently, I was berating him and telling him that he didn't know where I lived. <laughs> Wow. So are you a mean drunk? No, it wasn't it wasn't like mean. From what he told me, I was just being kind of silly and be like, you don't know where I live. Like you're going you don't know where my turn is. Like shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with me? That's interesting. I know. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I did go on a bit of a vacation, but it kinda went to shit because um so I flew out to Las Vegas with the guy I run Hypable with, Richard, and things started off right, but he, he had a little pain in his stomach area, and he was just kind of, you know, pushing it aside, oh, I won't worry about it. But as the trip went on, over the course of like two or three days, he got worse and worse, and it was to the point where one night he threw up like 10 times in one night. This wasn't a drunk throw up, this was just throwing up. Um... And he couldn't keep any food down. Now, Richard lives over in England, so he doesn't have American health care. And he was like, well, I've got to go see somebody, but I don't know if I want to go to an American doctor, because what if this is something really, really bad, and I get, I get stuck in the hospital for a week or whatever? So he ended up making the very hard decision <laughs> to fly home early after only being in America for like three days. And he felt bad ditching me because it was just me and him. And I didn't, I couldn't really go and do any, you know, f- hang out with other people. So I, I was, but, but what was he to do? I didn't want him to get sed- saddled with American healthcare costs either. So he flew home. Um, and then the second part of our trip, we were supposed to go to Palm Springs because uh, we had some specific research plans to conduct out there. And I decided to go anyway. <laughs> and <laughs> it is terrifying driving between Palm Springs and Las Vegas by yourself when it is literally 120 degrees. <laughs> because <laughs> you are not on a major interstate. You are just going through the middle of the desert. And <laughs> I was uh, experiencing high anxiety while driving solo in, in extreme heat. Uh, how far how many hours is that it's about four okay that's not too bad yeah but like it just the thought in your head lingers what if my car breaks down what if a tire blows i had plenty of water on me just in case but other than that i was pretty oh another thing is you don't have cell phone reception there's no cell phone reception (laughs) so you are you're pretty fucked unless like uh somebody drove by while you were stranded and they hopefully let you into their car and take and they're not like out. an axe murderer, right? Exactly. <laughs> so what did I? What I ended up doing was trailing behind another car for then for most of the ride. So that oh my it, god, they probably thought you were the axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it wouldn't be helpful if I broke down because I was behind them, but it was just comforting knowing that I was near <laughs> near other human beings. <laughs> So, um, and then I ended up flying home early and I caught a cold that I think I got in Vegas and I'm still getting through that. So not the best trip, but, um, glad I did it anyway. Oh, and there was a fucking fire near Palm Springs. I don't know if you heard about that, Pam, but, uh, fucking arsonist set off a huge fire. So there was ash fall falling from the sky for the entire time I was in Palm Springs. 
So in addition to 115 degree heat in Palm Springs, you also couldn't go outside because uh, the air quality was absolutely terrible. Man, you know, California's just burning from all ends right now. So Truly. I really can't keep up with all of the fires. It's uh, actually kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, I saw headlines today about this horrific fire that's happening right now that's apparently larger than any other fire in modern history. Yeah, it's up in uh, Redding, California, which is kind of, it's pretty far north. It's going towards like Oregon, but uh, we, where I live, we had a really bad fire last year and we were um, basically like in a pre-evacuation mode for three days. Like we didn't know if we were going to lose the house or not, but Mm. it just kind of missed us by a mile. Yeah. So, And um, I think Yosemite was closed, right? Mm-hmm. Yosemite was- is closed, like further down south in Southern California. Like there's a big fire going on over there. It's really scary. Yeah, really scary and really sad because mm-hmm. I've also been reading these reports about climate change being the cause of the extreme heat that's been seen yeah, in the south. Yeah, it's happening more and more frequently, like every summer, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't say. And, and not even summer. I saw a terrifying quote from firefighters that said this used to be a seasonal thing. Now it's just year round. It never ends. Mm-hmm. And that really bummed me yeah. out. And they're doing like everything they're supposed to do to, to prevent. Like I know because I've lived in California my whole life. Um, they do everything they can to, you know, make sure that they like pre burn mountainsides that are prone to burning or like, you know, get people to keep their crops like lower if, you know, they're prone to getting fires and stuff like that too just like nothing helps and then mm-hmm. you just kind of have to like wait for it to die down because a lot of times it's the wind which you can't control so they're doing everything they can and they just can't snuff it out yeah yeah um getting back to comic-con for a minute we wanted to bring this up it kind of got buried during all the other comic-con news but during comic-con disney fired guardians of the galaxy director james gunn because some conservatives, conservative activists, shall we call them, uh, dug up some very old tweets from James Gunn in which he makes jokes about sex with children and, I think, masturbation and some other disgusting topics uh, that are completely uncalled for, completely inappropriate, that he regrets now. But these tweets were dug up from five, six-plus years ago used against him and then Disney actually fired him. It was pretty shocking. What did what did you two make of this? Do do you think Disney made the right call? I don't know, honestly. This is really tough. Yeah. It's so tough because it's I I I know the why they're doing it. They're doing it because they don't want people to call double standard, you know, cuz so many people are getting fired for things that they're saying now, but on the other side, like I want to believe that people can grow and that James Gunn is a different person now than he was six years ago. In contrast, like other people that are getting fired right now are like just pieces of shit currently. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. I think Disney shouldn't have done anything. I th- I think they they should have let it go because these were several years old. Um, James Gunn regrets them, uh, and 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 it just seems hypocritical for Disney to continue employing Johnny Depp in films like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. But then James Gunn, you know, these old tweets come up, and they're like immediately, oh, he needs to be let go. They don't even let some time pass. 
it seems. Laura, what did yeah, you think well, of this? Didn't first of all, didn't Disney know about these tweets before he was hired in the first place? Probably. So it's not like they didn't know. And to me, I'm looking at this and thinking, of course, Disney's a private company. This is totally their prerogative, right? And I can understand why from a PR standpoint, they might want to say, mm, we don't need this kind of publicity right now, especially in this climate. Um, and also, if we want to be agents of positive social change, although I really don't think that was so much their motivation, because as you mentioned, they're still employing Johnny Depp. Uh, likenesses of Johnny Depp are still present in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Right. So to me, this was just them putting out a fire really quickly, as opposed to trying to be agents of something bigger and more positive in the industry. Yeah. The other thing is, James Gunn is always is already very well established with Disney and with Marvel. He's had two very successful Marvel movies. It'd be one thing if he didn't have any Disney movies out yet, but he's already got these two. He has a lot of respect to the studio. People clearly love him. So I, I think it was kind of disrespectful to, to drop him. And by the way, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy on Monday issued a joint statement in support of James Gunn. Uh, Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Sean Gunn, Vin Diesel, Zoe Saldana, Saldana uh, Karen Gillan, Michael Rooker, they all signed this statement saying that they stand by James Gunn. They don't agree with the things he said, but they stand by the person he is now, and they don't think Disney made the right choice. And by the way, James Gunn also wrote those Guardians of the Galaxy movies, so he is the mastermind behind those films. Yeah, and on top of that, he wrote all of the Guardian stuff for Infinity War mm -hmm. because they wanted to make sure it was consistent. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think it's not a black and white situation, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like I saw a lot of arguments on both sides of this uh, over the break, and it was really frustrating me because people seem to be accepting like absolutely no amount of nuance. So it was like, there were very few people who were willing to be able to say, yeah, these jokes were bad, right? Like they were bad. They were gross. They were inappropriate, but there is something to be said for the fact that he has evolved as a person and has shown that evolution. Um, so whether or not you believe Disney should have fired him, that's still something that needs to be taken into account. Um, I also saw a lot of people comparing this to the Roseanne situation, which is total false equivalency bullshit. Um, Roseanne has been a long known racist <laughs> and has not changed that behavior. <laughs> right. And it, it only got to the point where she was too racist for NBC. And again, ABC. Oh, sorry. ABC. It might be, um, they, you know, private company, they are totally within their rights to fire her. Just like Disney is totally within their rights to fire James Gunn. But their two situations are not the same. Mm -hmm. That all said, I, I completely agree. But that all said, the tweets were pretty rough. Like, I don't know what he was thinking tweeting. This oh, stuff. yeah. It was not funny. It was pretty rough to read. I mean, he's talking about like fisting children as a joke. It's really weird. Um, 
he does not seem to be that person now. As you pointed out, Roseanne is still a racist. I mean, the thing, her show got canceled because of the thing she said like a month ago. (laughs) Right, right. And I mean, it does bring up the question, and I'm not sure what the right answer to this is, but at what point do you factor in like, kind of like a statute of limitations on something that somebody said in the past impacting their present career. Yeah. Right. Like I don't necessarily think that James Gunn should have gotten off scot-free for this. I mean, these were pretty horrific things that he was attempting to joke about, but he was also trying to go for a comic presence on social media And something that a lot of comedians do, especially when they're getting started and trying to like dip their toe in the water, is they do tend to creep over the line so that they can figure out where the line is and so they know what's funny and what's not. Mm -hmm. Again, not that that's an excuse for the content that he put out there because it was disgusting, but I think that it's context that is important to consider. Whereas Roseanne going on Twitter and comparing a black woman to an ape, like that's not an attempt at comedy right at all you know the other thing that i i think about this is like similar but different right now i follow baseball that's like my non-fandomy fandom sport but there's a trend right now where a lot of baseball players are apologizing for old tweets and while i appreciate that they're apologizing because you know there are certain things that you should take action for i personally tend to take age into consideration because i understand that you know if somebody's making a joke if somebody's like 25 now and they're like apologizing for a joke that they made when they were 16, 17, 18, there's kind of a big difference there in my mind versus yeah. like an adult apologizing for something that they said when they were already an adult. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel like even in the, cause we had that podcast smart mouths back in the day. And I know for sure that we probably made some jokes in very poor taste on that show. Right. And speaking of like the statue of limitations that you mentioned, I recommend that if anyone has, has career aspirations that they delete their old tweets. Don't let any of it sit online for more than a few months. And there's actually a site called tweetdelete.net that will automatically delete your tweets um, after they pass over a certain threshold. And you can set that threshold. It can be as old as one year or as old as one week and anywhere in between. I'm kind of thinking of activating this because I have a public account. I've been on Twitter for 11 years. There's some old stuff in there. God knows what I said. And it's just easier to know that all my tweets are being deleted after a certain period of time. Because why do you need old tweets hanging around anyway? You don't really need them there. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know what? I'm just thinking about like all of the things that I've done like professionally for work. And it's like, well, yeah. if somebody stumbles upon that, it's like live coverage from like an award show. Then it uh, kind of shows a paper trail. Like it's more proof than what's on the resume for yeah, me. But, right. But, but what that's if, just like a very specific personal situation. And you feel confident that you haven't said anything outrageous. Probably not. Like, oh my God, I just ripped a huge one. How did that happen? <laughs> what did I eat? I don't think so. <laughs> 
All right. Well, if anybody is scared like me, you might want to do tweetdelete.net. <laughs> just a little recommendation. I mean, you know, if people, they might get worried. That's because we get, we get emails to Hypable sometimes. Hey, can you delete this article from five years ago? I'm really embarrassed. But it's just about Glee. Why oh are you so God. embarrassed? Oh, could you just That's delete crazy. it, please? It's for my job. I don't want them to see because because their name will show up on Google with this article, you know. So, but I mean, also the internet is forever, and even if you delete an old tweet, somebody can still find it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's out there. There's a chance. Anyway, um, there's probably no saving MoviePass. I wanted to update update everybody on this. This is that subscription service we've recommended it on the show f- before. It's it's a great deal, and if, and in fact, it's too good to be true. For nine ninety five a month, you get to see a movie a day. It's been around for a couple years. It really blew up when they lowered the price down to nine ninety five. Um, they have they have um the app has not been working twice in the past week. We're recording Monday night. It is down right now. And there is a report from Business Insider that says the MoviePass CEO, Mitch Lau, I believe his name is, has told the staff that going forward, they are no longer going to allow people to see popular movies with MoviePass. And that includes Disney's Christopher Robin that's coming out in a couple weeks and that new Summer Shark movie, The Meg. So, if the Meg is getting banned from MoviePass, then I think any movie we're going to want to see is not going to be uh, is not going to be accessible through MoviePass. It looks like we're at the end here, folks. It was a good run. I don't think either either of you ended up buying it, right? We spoke about that, so no, you're not missing out. But I am. I've got my MoviePass here, and no Mission Impossible for me tonight. It's really sad. A lot of people were using it. It was a great way to see movies on the cheap. But this is what AMC and other theaters were afraid of. They were afraid customers were going to get conditioned to seeing 30 movies a month for $10 a month. Now MoviePass is shutting down. and They're going to have to go back to paying $10 per movie unless you buy this new AMC Pass. But now that MoviePass isn't around, AMC might not keep their MoviePass competitor around. Why bother? Yeah, so. I feel like from what I've heard about AMC's um, competitor program, it is a bit more expensive, right? And it doesn't cover as much, so... It is, but it's still a good deal. It's three movies a week for $20 a month. And that's that still... That is really good. Yeah, and you get discounts on concessions and other shit. I don't live near an AMC, otherwise I would just sign up for that in a heartbeat. I don't either. I think that they're usually in like bigger cities but that's a great deal yeah even in like the peak season of movie releases like you're not gonna want to see more than three movies a week right exactly i wasn't seeing three movies a week right. i wasn't seeing three movies a month with movie pass but even one movie is worth it <laughs> i would usually see about two all right well we have a lot to get to today but we have a new sponsor this week who I want to tell you about. They are so awesome. They are Songfinch. So what do they do? When we're looking for a gift for a loved one in our lives, we look for something unique, right? We want it to stand out and be memorable. We want our loved one to be moved, to laugh and to cry. We want to give them something original. Songfinch lets you create a unique song for your other half, for a family member, for any special person in your life. 
What you do is you go to songfinch.com. You give them a little info about the person you want a song about, the genre you're looking for, and one of their professional singer-songwriters will create a personalized song for you. So, Songfinch gave me the opportunity to create a song for a loved one, and I decided I would write a song about you, Laura. That's right. Oh, my God. We've known each other since 2005. You're one of the most important people in my life. So I went on... Still my heart. Oh, well, you just wait till you hear this thing. So I went (laughs) on Songfinch, told them a bit about our relationship, and and they give you some some demos, and they say, what what type of song do you want? So I picked a country folk type of song. Oh, my God. And one of their professional artists created a song for me. Laura, do you want to hear a bit of the song? I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. And this is this is the joy you get. You get to give somebody a real freaking song. So, Laura, listen to the lyrics because I I told them stuff about us that, you know, I wanted a part of the song. Okay? So, check this out. When I look back on us and everything we've done, it always makes me smile. You make my heart rush From just a single touch And I still feel it after all this while Those nights in Vegas I'm glad we made it Even though some things we might regret First time swimming, first time kissing. <laughs> Those are things that I won't ever forget. So, so this is a full song. I'm just playing a sample of it, but holy shit, that's really impressive. Yeah, Amazing. That? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you may have heard the swimming line. Yes. And you may be wondering, what swimming are you talking about? Well, when I wrote to them, I said, can you include simming? And <laughs> they said, what's simming? Did you mean swimming? And I wasn't about to explain to them what simming is. So I said, oh, right. yeah, yeah, swimming. That's, that's yeah, totally. Yeah, but it was supposed to be simming. <laughs> you, you should edit the song and just put yourself in there being like, first time simming. First time we were simming. <laughs> just me awkwardly over top of it. Anyway, it's really cool. You can use these for not just relationships, but for birthdays, for any sort of special occasion. You get the you get a full copy of the lyrics, you get a copy of the song that you can download or stream, and I can learn about the singer-songwriter. In this case, this guy's name it was J.R. Wyatt, and he's in Nashville. So a very unique gift. And I want you to use it the next time you have a birthday or anniversary to celebrate. Visit songfinch.com and use code M-I-L-L for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. If you don't want a song that's completely from scratch, you can get a personalized song like the one like the one I just played starting at $99. And they're delivered in a week. So these are great for weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, Mother's Day or Father's Day, Valentine's Day, newborns, tons of other occasions. You know, you can use it for whatever you want. Again, that's songfinch.com and use code M-I-L-L for $20 off your personalized song from scratch.
I'm gonna have to say, um, my boyfriend has not written me a song yet, so <laughs> you're you've got a leg up on him. Um, I'm gonna send you a copy of the full song after the show, and you can listen to it and play it for him and say, "Hey, why haven't you done one of these for me yet?" <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "That's Andrew singing. He wrote this. He made this for me." Well, that's another good feature about Songfinch. It's not you singing because you're probably not good at it, like the people that Songfinch hires. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have admitted that, but okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, time for the confessional now. We have some <laughs> some wild installment of confessionals, I would say. I, were these arranged? I think we should start with this bad one first and then lighten things up with the light one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Laura, can you please read letter B? Sure. I Yeah, this was really awkward. <laughs> um, so this confessional says, I feel bad for Pat dating Andrew. I can't imagine how it must feel to know that Andrew talks jokingly. That's in like quotation marks about being on Grinder or hooking up with other guys. Also bragging about hooking up with a married guy, even if that was before they were together. I think Andrew should have more respect for Pat or he is likely to lose him. Besides that, love the show. (laughs) (laughs) I love that last line so much. (laughs) So um, I shared this with Pat and he was actually kind of, he was not kind of he was upset about this he was shook by it uh you know to me it's just funny but look first of all i did not hook up with a married guy if you're gonna insult me get get your facts straight it wasn't a married guy it was a guy in a relationship and it wasn't my problem it was their problem i was single second of all you don't know me pat spends three to four nights a week with me you spend an hour with me you you don't know what it's like to be with me because you don't know the real me. That's why it doesn't bother Pat when I make a single joke for five seconds about being on Grinder, about downloading Grinder. It doesn't matter. It's it's a, it's a flippant comment. What matters is the time we spend together, and you know the things that we do. <laughs> I am a different person outside of the show, and actually, I wish that. Um, I forgot to ask Pat to tell the story when he was on a few weeks ago, but he loves telling people how he was not interested in show Andrew. <laughs> when when we first hung out as friends, it wasn't a date. He wasn't expecting to see a different version of me. And he tells people he would not have dated the version of me he knows from the show because that's not the real me. So... This comment is pretty outrageous. <laughs> and calm the hell down. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know my life. I mean, yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I think I think part of it, in defense of the listener, just a little bit, because I think th- I think this kind of oversteps the bounds. But we do bear ourselves a lot on this show, and we share a lot of personal stuff. So I can see why somebody who maybe like hasn't listened since the very beginning of when we all started podcasting might not understand that Andrew's persona on the show is like a character that's like half Andrew, half Howard Stern. Exactly. And I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I've listened to Howard Stern for a good 10 years now. So he has definitely inspired me a little bit in terms of what you say on a podcast. 
and so I get it from that, and I also get it the fact uh, get it from from not caring what I say on this show because there won't be repercussions in terms of like a job because I work for myself. I can say, yeah, I've tried LSD before, or you know, talk about butt sex. It doesn't matter because I'm not worried about an employer hearing it and getting in shit for it. You say that now, but <laughs> Disney is literally buying everyone. So be careful. They yeah. might take Hypable next. I got to delete my tweets about <laughs> the, my James Cunt gun level tweets first. <laughs> Wait, you're James Cunt level? I, <laughs> I'm getting over a cold. I can't breathe right now. <laughs> <sighs> On the other side of the spectrum, we received this confessional. I'm a straight female, but during sex with my husband tonight, I got off imagining Andrew banging his boyfriend. (laughs) I showed that to Pat, too, and uh, that put him in a better mood. (laughs) I wonder if she told him. I... No, I wouldn't. I don't know. I feel like if they're... I feel you like know. if you're in a good relationship, you would just laugh about it, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I want, want to believe that that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> but but th- doesn't that kind of suggest that you're not attracted to your partner? No. Not yeah, if they're sure bit. in themselves, which your partners should always be. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, sometimes it's also healthy to have your own secrets like you don't necessarily have to tell everything oh totally if if this became a recurring thing of like every time you were having sex with your husband you thought about other people i might be worried but if it's like a (laughs) one-time thing it's like whatever that's a good point point. (laughs) it's kind of like using a toy or role-playing you're shaking things up every once in a while Mm -hmm. to keep you fresh maybe you two can role-play as andrew and pat i I'd, i'd be okay with it uh listener i think you should know that um pat and i had great reunion sex the other day and it was like drawn out a couple extra days because i'm sick and because of my medicine i just have not been into having sex but then on sunday i was like all right it's time time for the reunion sex a little delayed but let's go and it was great it's always great I joke about sending you a tape, but I don't want to offend our other listeners. <laughs> Is that something Songfinch can help with? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, so we have an actual serious confessional to end on before we move into some news. So this says, I'm 28 years old and have been working full time at a bank for the past six years. I didn't go to college immediately, but I had the opportunity to get my associate's degree in the past two years in hopes of maybe transitioning to a four-year university. I'm almost done with my associates now, and I have another 60 credit hours to go before I finish my bachelor's, but all of this extra schoolwork on top of working full-time has been draining, so now I can't decide whether I should leave my job and focus on school or if I should just stick it out for another three years or so. I currently live with my parents, and I think they would be okay with helping me for a couple more years, but I don't want to be a burden on them. And just thinking about not having my usual income to help with school really worries me. It would put me in an even worse student loan debt in uh, in an even worse student loan debt situation in the end. So I would be really grateful to hear any advice you guys might have. I love the show, and I always look forward to listening to you each week. Pam, can you tell us about, I don't think we ever asked you this, what was your 
work college balance life like when you were studying? Oh, well, I am like a really bad example to set, I think, because looking back on it now, I don't know how I did it. Um, Studying journalism is kind of weird because for, for a lot of courses, I think, especially if a teacher like lays things out, you can get things done in advance. Usually if you have things that you want to do or you want to focus on some things more than others with journalism, that's not the case because news happens now, news doesn't happen then, and news doesn't happen in the future. Mm. So um, yeah, there's like really no way to get ahead. You just kind of have to take each week as it comes. And when I started interning, it was even more difficult. Uh, There was one semester, or maybe it was a whole year, I think I blocked it out, where I was working uh, two part-time jobs because I was trying to save up money so that I could intern in New York. And I was also interning at a newspaper across the bridge. I went to school in San Francisco, so I was interning in the East Bay and I was taking 15 credits. And I look back on that now and I realize that I don't know how my body did it. And, and I cried a lot and I definitely lost sleep. But I think for me, the important thing was knowing that I was working towards a goal because I wouldn't have been able to afford to do it any other way. Yeah. So I really commiserate with this confessor because I feel like I've been there and it's really hard and I have student loans and it really sucks. And um, if I would have been able to start paying them off at school, I would have. But I think that if I were you, I would kind of look at how much you are in debt, how much you could be in debt and see if you could find a happy medium that won't um you know, affect your mental health personally, because I know a heavy workload is like, it it just drains on you. Yeah. And just, and just kind of um, factor that into your financial situation as well, because if you can't afford to kind of cut back on work a little bit in order to finish faster, then it might be worth racking up a little bit more extra debt Mm -hmm. in the long run, especially if you feel as though you're going into a career that'll allow you to start making money right away so that you can start paying that back right away. The person who writes in says that they live with their parents and they think it would be okay to stay with them for longer without burdening them. I would, I would sit down with your parents, just have a serious conversation and tell them your situation, tell them your situation, Uh, say, look, I'm really thinking of juggling work, I guess, full time. Have you thought about part-time? You don't really mention that here. Uh, and school. So can I stay with you for a few more years? And if you sit down and have an honest con- conversation with them, I, I bet you'll get something, um, you'll get some support from them. And it might be helpful to hear, yes, we've got your back, instead of just assuming that you can stay with them for a while. I think okay. it just, like reading this, like that's obviously a big help, but it sounds to me like like this person is a little bit worried about the like acquiring the debt. Like maybe they're paying for school all themselves. So it's not necessarily like, oh, am I going to have a place to live? It's like, oh, how much am I going to have to owe when I get out of school? Mm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to, yeah, I I mean, cutting back part time would definitely probably help if you can do that. And if you're looking to quit your job, maybe you can go into 
something like babysitting or like walking dogs, like wag. I know like a lot of my friends do that right now. And so you'll get your exercise in, take some time to like hang out outside and also get to play with some four-legged friends while you're doing that. You know, I feel like now more than ever, there are a lot of different ways where you could, you know, find yourself a little bit of a different source of income than there was before when you would just have to work retail. So um yeah yeah just kind of laying out all your options that's a good point too dog walking could actually help your mental health just just staying active and being around cute puppies but also related to wag uber if you've got a car uh uber can be a great solution too because you can work uh during hours that you're available and if you get cramped with um, schoolwork one week you can take a week off if you have a later week the following week you could drive more uh but good luck confessor uh, we yeah wish you right, right in the, i would like to know how it works out for you when you figure it out yeah and good luck and that's a reminder for everybody let us know how how your situations have ended up working out are we giving you good advice <laughs> did you take your own path which might not be a bad idea they were like, you guys are fucking stupid. Yeah, right. That was awful thing. advice. I'm doing worse than ever. <laughs> now, my final piece of advice concerning this one would be st- work as hard as you can, stick it out, and you will be glad in hindsight that you did stick it out. You know, like Pam was saying, she it, it practically broke her, and it seems like it was just a blur to you those few years when you were so busy. But yeah, I imagine it, it was worth it. It it was, yeah. I mean, like this this too shall pass. It sounds so cheesy, but it it really will. And once you're over that bridge, you won't really understand how you did it, but you'll be so happy that you did it. And I think that mm. everybody kind of needs to do what's right for them, but don't make any hasty decisions and and if you can take, you know, maybe even another semester doing what you're doing because you've already come this far. So one more semester figuring things out keeping your job and not having to worry about the financial aspect won't kill you. Yeah. It'll only make you stronger. All right. Well, uh, I think Kelly Clarkson once said that too, didn't she? Yes. One true queen. She's showing so inspiring. All right, Pam, it's time for you to tell us about one of our advertisers. Yes. Well, the other queen of my heart right now is Third Love, which is an (laughs) online bra retailer that specializes in helping you find the perfect fit. Third Love designs its bras with breast shape and size in mind using thousands of real women's measurements, which means that when you order from them, you're getting a bra that not only fits well, but feels amazing. And more importantly, they're size inclusive. So this is a really big deal. And it was a really big factor for me as well. Third Love carries the most bra sizes of any brand on the market, and they actually just added 24 new sizes to their website. So currently they carry a grand total of 70 sizes with cups from A through H and bands up to 48. They even have half cup sizing because Third Love knows that 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes. That's a game changer. Now, if you're unsure about your size, don't worry about it. Third Love's got you covered with their handy-dandy Fit Finder quiz. And I actually use this myself while shopping for the first time on their website. This quiz is so quick and easy that it's hard to believe it actually works. But then I got my 24-7 perfect coverage brought in the mail a few weeks later, and I was shook, as the young kids say. 
it's the perfect fit, but more importantly, it's incredibly comfortable and super soft, and it gives me the support I need to tackle the day. On the other side of things, a friend of mine was just telling me about spending this past weekend bra shopping at the mall. She went to multiple stores. It took forever, and she still came home empty-handed. I've been there before. I'm sure some of you guys have been there before. It sucks, but if you're looking to avoid the strenuous chore that is bra shopping, then I definitely recommend giving Third Love a try next time you're in the market for some new bras. Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering all millennial listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash millennial now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash millennial for 15% off today. And I guarantee you, your boobs will thank you later. (laughs) I'm glad it worked out for you. That's great to hear. It's great. I didn't feel my bra the whole time I was at Comic-Con. It's like I had nothing on. It was fabulous. That's amazing. And it was your birthday. Sounds like a great birthday gift to you. It it was. That was the one thing I didn't have to worry about getting support on was my boobs. (laughs) Well, um, on a much bleaker note, while we were on break, the New York Times broke a bombshell story that is not getting enough coverage Two weeks before the 2016 election, Donald Trump was shown highly classified intelligence, proving that Vladimir Putin had personally ordered multiple cyber attacks to interfere with the election. The intelligence included evidence that the election meddling was intended to hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign and help Donald Trump's. So not much of a shock. One of those things that we already knew. Um, But now we have more corroborating evidence to suggest this to be true. So the evidence included text messages, emails, and audio recordings of top-tier Russian oligarchs and intelligence officers. This is clear evidence that President Trump has deliberately and purposely lied to the American people and has taken action to help Putin despite knowing that Putin attacked our democracy and committed multiple crimes against our country. To make sure we don't lose track of how President Trump has helped Vladimir Putin, he has refused to implement all of Congress's sanctions against Russia for the Russian government's interference in our election. He's lobbied to allow Russia to rejoin the G7, personally defended Putin and called him a, quote, great leader, despite knowing he attacked American democracy threatened to leave NATO, and even invited Putin to our nation's capital. Now that it's becoming harder for the Trump administration to deny collusion, Rudy Giuliani, formerly known as America's mayor and presently known as Trump's proctologist, (laughs) stated that he wasn't sure if colluding with a foreign government to throw the outcome of an election even counted as a crime. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why the White House lets... Giuliani talk every time he opens his mouth he gets himself in trouble and by the way he looks like an idiot talking on television he he looks like a cranky grandpa he's slouched over in the chair during these interviews he's like looking through the bottom half of his glasses he's got he's got his head laid back it's so bizarre (laughs) but anyway um I cannot believe you are telling me that Donald Trump lied what the fuck I trusted him he has never done this before I'm shocked (laughs) Yeah. Shocked to learn that lying occurred here. Well, that's and that's the thing, isn't it? We're, we're all so used to him lying, whether you're on the left or the right, that it's not shocking to find out that Donald Trump knew about, uh, was shown this highly classified inf- information about Putin. Right. And, 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 
you know, and he's the fallout from Holinsky is still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, on top of this revelation, this week, President Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, admitted that Trump <laughs> yeah. both knew about and approved of his son's meeting with Russian spies. This was the meeting that happened at Trump Tower, wherein the Trump campaign was promised dirt on Hillary Clinton by the Russian government. Um, Don Jr. had emails going back and forth with these spies saying, yeah, that sounds great. And Trump has this entire time uh, pretended that he had no knowledge of this, nor did he approve of the meeting. Um, (laughs) And now we know that that's not true. Because Cohen is singing like a canary. (laughs) Cohen the canary. Cohen, this Cohen story cracks me the hell up. I mean, this guy, just a few weeks ago, we were being told that Cohen would be loyal to Trump. He he would he would rather die than give Trump up. And now these tapes are being released. And he's he's turning around and saying, oh, Trump knew about that meeting before the meeting happened. Like, oh, my God, has that guy flipped? <laughs> they must have something crazy on him, though. Like, this Cohen. sounds like he's taking a deal. Because yeah. isn't there like attorney, um, like a uh, client confidentiality and stuff? Like technically, yeah. you shouldn't be saying any of this. But then I was hearing on CNN earlier today that by Giuliani talking about it, he's effectively canceling out this attorney client privilege. Oh, that's interesting. But you know what? The, the Cohen tape, the one that was released last week, cracked me the fuck up. I was in Palm Springs when this came out. And since I was there by myself, I was just at home. And I, I actually dared to touch the hotel room r- remote because, by the way, those are the dirtiest things in the hotel room. Fun fact for you. I touched the remote to turn it on because I had to hear this breaking news coverage <laughs> of this tape. And this tape is classic Trump because the tape begins with Cohen. The first thing Trump says to Cohen, and this is before the election, <laughs> he says to Trump, great poll numbers just out. Great poll numbers. I so know. he starts off by sucking Trump's dick. Classic, you know. Get get to win Trump over by talking poll numbers. And then in the middle of the recording, while Cohen is talking, Trump yells for a Diet Coke. <laughs> it's just a caricature of, of, of Donald Trump, but it's real. I mean, you got to make sure he keeps his quota, Andrew. Uh, Coke and poll numbers. What more do you need? <laughs> McDonald's. And then, of course, the White House was trying to contradict what we could all hear in the audio. Yeah. By saying that Trump said, don't pay in cash, when clearly he was the one who suggested paying in cash. And Cohen was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And 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 I was hearing it discussed how just normal this conversation sounded, as if they've had this conversation, this type of conversation mm-hmm. a million times before. It's just a casual conversation about paying off porn stars. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I guess my question is, how much more evidence do we need? I mean, especially looking back to the aforementioned New York Times story, this isn't really being covered. There's no outrage surrounding this. And I can't help but wonder, is it a combination of a lack of surprise from people who do dislike Trump and a lack of caring from the people who like him? I think at this point, it's less embarrassing to just trudge on with him as president rather than admitting that they were wrong and pushing him out. That would be more embarrassing than keeping this guy in office who, you know, there's tape of him talking about paying cash to keep these porn stars private. Who, by the way, you know, if we believe these reports, uh, he had sex with, with these women 
while married with uh after baron was born you know terrible stuff oh well i mean when the whole thing with stormy daniels was happening melania was pregnant yeah right exactly so yeah yeah, the kind of guy i mean i hate that even that is has become part of the discussion because i've always maintained that what people do with their junk is totally their business and the business of their spouse Mm -hmm. um i don't give a fuck who he had sex with or who he didn't have sex with. Uh, What I care about is the fact that it's looking increasingly like election money was used to silence these women. Right. And furthermore that, you know, he might've been fucking Vladimir Putin on top of it. Yeah. And, and further looking like collusion when Giuliani Mm -hmm. is like, collusion's not a crime. You know, right. he didn't do it. But if he did, collusion's not a crime. <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, they're they're try they're currently the big discussion in Washington is can a president even be indicted while he's a sitting president? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's like they're they're slowly coming to the realization that they're gonna get caught and now they're just trying to spin the narrative to be like, Okay, yeah, well we did do it, but it's not illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, guys, I, for the millionth time, I didn't murder that guy, okay? But if I did murder him, it wouldn't have been a crime. Okay, OJ. <laughs> all right, well, all this news makes me want to vomit, but uh, I won't be doing it in an Uber vehicle. And in fact, it doesn't matter if you actually vomit or not in an Uber vehicle, because there's a new trend going on in Uber vehicles called vomit fraud. The Miami Herald recently broke a story about Uber drivers fraudulently claiming that passengers had vomited in their car in order to pocket extra cash. How did they do that? Well, there's this rule that some of you might be aware of already because you actually did throw up in a car, in an Uber vehicle. If you throw up in an Uber vehicle or you spill drinks or you shit or you... Maybe not cry all over it, though that probably happens a lot. Uh, Uber's policy is to charge the rider between $100 and $150 for cleaning the vehicle. And the the driver has to report that. They're the one who's going to report that to Uber, and then Uber's going to charge you that fee. But it turns out Uber drivers, who, by the way, don't make much money, they're looking to make some extra cash, they've been reporting these vomit incidents falsely. And now people who haven't vomited in cars are getting billed. One specific story, a Miami resident was charged an additional $98 after a trip last year. Uber had emailed her the eye-popping receipt for the ride and photos of a vomit-covered backseat allegedly taken from the SUV she had hailed. She immediately reached out to Uber through the app. And she told them, quote, I was alone, sober, I was not carrying any drinks, and that it was impossible for me to have caused that damage. Uh, So, like I said, Miami Herald has been digging into this. They've come up with, they found several people who have fallen victim to this. Um, Uber's current policy already demands that drivers provide photos of the vomit in order to charge the rider. So the drivers are just taking fake pictures, or they're probably going on Google Images and they're searching vomit in car. Or there's probably these Uber communities and like message boards and stuff. They probably share pictures of vomit so they can trade them with each other to make some money. Um, Uber says they're investigating and they're brainstorming new policies, but they admit that, quote, with 15 million trips a day, Uber is unfortunately not immune to these types of incidents. 
So they, I think what they're saying is they don't have time to investigate if these actually happened or not. What are they going to do? Send a detective to the car? <laughs> what do you guys make of this? It's pretty fucked up, isn't it? I, I, I just try to put myself in the perspective of an Uber driver and... I can't imagine this thought even occurring to me. Yeah. As something I would do. Andrew, you used to drive for Uber. I mean, yeah. was this something that even crossed your mind ever? Hell no. No, I mean, if you have a soul, you're thinking about that person who's going to have to pay hundreds mm-hmm. of dollars because of your lie. That's terrible. Well, hopefully Uber is at least suspending the charges that people are disputing until they've investigated further. Yeah. In the case of the story I cited, um, I didn't say this before, but uh, the person was refunded the money she was charged. I'm wondering maybe Uber can team up with or like uh, ask for cleaning receipts from professional cleaning companies. But I guess those could be doctored as well. This does seem like a tough situation. Or or do do the people just like clean it themselves to save money? That's very possible as well. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. if like you're driving in the middle of the night and you count on working overnights and then somebody vomits at 11 p.m. You can't go get that clean in the middle of the night. You might have to do it yourself if you can. The story yeah, doesn't... I wonder right. if her score went down, this girl that got accidentally charged. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the Uber driver charged them and well, gave them one star for the fake vomit? Well, I mean, I feel like if you're going to cover your tracks, then you would have to give them a bad score. But yeah. I don't think people are that smart. <laughs> That's so it would just be really funny if he had given, he or she had given this person five stars, but yeah. then also charged them for vomiting in the car. Five star person to fuck over. Highly recommend. You know, I, I've been thinking recently, I kind of miss Uber driving because every time I'm in an Uber now, I do what all my passengers would do. And I miss this. And that is hearing people talk shit after they spend the night out. One of the best things, of be- best parts of being an Uber driver was having people come into my vehicle and they would immediately start talking shit about the people that they were just hanging out with. <laughs> Don't you guys do that? Admit it. You get you you oh. Laura, you and Mark, you leave a party and then you start talking shit about the people who are pissing you off. Immediately. Of course. Ah, the best. <laughs> the best. That that carried that carried me through each night I would be driving. I just sat there in <laughs> silence smirking. Now fake everybody is. <laughs> All right, well, changing gears now to uh, wrap up our stories. We do have a serious one to talk about. Yes. While we were off, uh, pop star Demi Lovato actually relapsed and was rushed to the hospital to treat an apparent heroin overdose. Uh, She's long been open about her past struggles with alcohol and drug addiction, but she'd been clean for six years until March when she, um, well, she was actually celebrating her six years of sobriety in March. And uh, then a few months later, she released a song called Sober which detailed her relapse. Um, so it was really, really sad to hear that she wasn't able to hold on because she had been going strong for so long. Um, Demi Lovato, of course, uh, rose to fame on the Disney Channel, like many young stars. And she's been battling with drug addiction and alcoholism and body image issues for a really long time since she was about 16 years old. So 
it's definitely been an ongoing battle. She's checked into rehab multiple times. She's relapsed a lot, even before she hit her six year sobriety mark. Um, so I think that this story really hit people hard because she had been doing so well for so long. And it's always really sad to see somebody that has so much talent kind of spiral downwards. Um, She's not alone, though. Uh, The opioid epidemic is really a big problem in this country. Uh, According to the CDC, nearly one million Americans use heroin each year, translating into the highest per capita rate on record. And between 2010 and 2016, heroin-related deaths have increased by more than five times. What did you guys think about this when you heard? Did you or did you even hear about this? It was all over the news. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was shocked. And I think another reason that it hit hard is because she's got an active career right now. She's as popular as ever. She's around our age. And it's just so shocking to hear that she's struggling with these demons. You just you just never know what's going on with somebody. Yeah, I've never been um, a big fan of hers, but I do find her to be an interesting person. And I had actually watched the documentary that they did about her last summer. I don't know if y'all saw that, where she Mm -mm. spoke very openly about her issues with addiction. And it was it was such a powerful documentary. Um, I've never seen anybody of her, I guess, celebrity status and also of her age speak so openly and maturely about those demons. And it really does go to show that people who, you know, are addicts are also victims. Certainly the people in their lives who have to sort of pick up the pieces anytime they relapse are also victims. But oftentimes when we look at people who are addicts, we uh, make really grossly inappropriate assumptions about them and their character. When really a lot of this can be boiled down to, as Pam said, body image issues. It can sometimes be mental health issues. Sometimes it's genetic. You have a genetic predisposition to having an addictive personality. Um, So this is something that I think we need to approach with a little bit more empathy as a culture and understand that people who are themselves addicts are not that way because they want to be. It is a disease. Yeah, I'm just reading the latest TMZ report. It's really disturbing. She's still hospitalized as of Monday, and she's been there since last Tuesday. So That's really sad. Yeah. I I mean, I hope that she gets the help she needs. I feel like, you know, she's never been better. If you're a fan of pop music and you haven't listened to um, her last two albums, like, it's, they're really good. She's finally, like, creating music that she wants to create, they're really cohesive and they're a good time. And it's um, I think that that's why we have so much sympathy for celebrities that, um, you know, struggle because it it just shows like Laura said that anybody can be susceptible to um, addiction, which is a true disease, but it is kind of unfortunate that we don't feel the same way about, you know, everyday people. Right. Because, it's not something that discriminates uh, in terms of economic status or notoriety. Get better to me. Um, well, on a lighter note, we have a word from one of our sponsors. You've heard us talk about MeUndies a million times, but why am I so obsessed with them? 
it's as simple as this. The best part of my morning is sliding a pair of undies on that feel like soft clouds over my ass. Mm. And you can wear these undies for any occasion, work, working out, sexy times, pantsless Netflix binging, whatever you like. (laughs) In all of these situations and more, MeUndies is there for you. Why are these so soft? Because they use micromodal fabric, which is fancy science talk for fluffy clouds and angel kisses. They're three times softer than regular cotton, and it is the exact fabric you'd want down there. Me Undies releases multiple fun prints each month in matching socks and bralettes. My new favorite design is the black light jellyfish. These glow in the dark in the presence of black light, so you don't need to worry about getting lost in the dark. And if so inclined, you can get a matching pair with your partner. You are going to love these undies, but if you're not into it, just send them back for a full refund. MeUndies just launched a brand new membership. You can level up your top drawer with new undies each month. Also, members gain access to exclusive prints that no one else can get, and they get special member pricing on every product MeUndies makes. And you can switch styles or skip any month you want. To get 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, get your butt over to MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. That's MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L, and your butt will thank you. I'm signing up for this membership. I can't wait anymore. I know. I, I more. am not kidding when I talk about these jellyfish underwear. Yeah. They are so fucking cute. And like the whole black light thing, like it looks like you're looking at jellyfish in the Monterey Aquarium. That is so cute. It's well, really cute. I just love your idea of being pantsless watching Netflix with these, and that just sounds so nice. Yeah, you <laughs> had me there. That's me all the time. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on from that, we do have a hidden from the headlines story. So animal lovers and decent humans have a new and compelling reason to fight the Trump administration. The administration has recently taken steps to gut key provisions of the Endangered Species Act. For some background, uh, the Endangered Species Act, or the ESA, was passed in 1973 by a vote of 390 to 12 in the House of Representatives and 92 to 0 in the Senate. It was then signed into law by President Nixon. So this was clearly a bipartisan effort, and everyone at the time was sensible enough to see that it was important to protect our endangered species. Uh, since then, the ESA has been wildly successful, responsible for single-handedly bringing back such species as the bald eagle, uh, the black-footed ferret, the gray wolf, and a few others from the brink of extinction. So one of the provisions that the administration is looking to gut involves current regulations that require decisions about what species need protecting um, will be made without, quote, reference to possible economic or other impacts. So what this means is the the government cannot decide to decline the safeguarding of a species if it will cost a lot of money or be economically inconvenient for someone like an oil company. What? No, just I'm reacting to this. News. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was you scared me. I was like, I'm that Did angry. My audio fuck up. No, this is as yeah. bad as losing audio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So basically, gutting this provision will clear the way for the government to not protect species at all, which will allow for development to begin happening on previously protected lands and habitats. 
Um, the administration's proposal would also make it easier to delist species that are considered threatened and endangered and make it even harder to put new species on the list. So these proposals constitute the largest changes to the Endangered Species Act in more than 50 years. If we allow this to happen, we are going to see an utter collapse of habitats. And while it will be very sad to see uh, a bunch of beautiful animals disappearing, it's also going to be sad, even sadder, when we realize that we count on the ecosystems that we have to live ourselves. So instead of the circle of life we're gonna have the circle of death yeah that's not a song disney prepared you for um (laughs) also this is pretty much the worst time to make the esa weaker right now species are going extinct at roughly 1000 times the natural rate every day hundreds of plant and animal species go extinct and the last time extinction rates were this bad was when the dinosaurs went extinct and that was because of a meteor crashing into our planet's surface Guys. (laughs) Guys. <laughs> Guys. The circle of death. <laughs> I know that I know that a lot of times when progressives are ringing the alarm on stuff like this, uh, we get made fun of deservedly in some cases that we're overreacting, that we're yelling about how everyone's going to die. But this is actually a case in which everyone's going to die. I don't say that lightly. Um, if you, you know, if you went to like 10th grade science class, this should be pretty textbook. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions yeah. for the people who are currently in charge, but there is something that we can do. So we're starting a millennial call to action. By law, there is a 60-day comment period wherein people can submit comments for or against these proposals. We're going to link you to where you can go to comment in the show notes. But this also requires reaching out to your elected officials as soon as possible. Trump can ignore internet comments, but he cannot ignore your members of Congress as easily, especially if you live in a red or swing state. So get calling and don't stop calling. Again, we're going to give you the link to leave those comments in the show notes. Um, We are also going to give you a link so that you can find out who your federal representatives are and give them a call and start writing them letters and don't stop. Why is loving planet Earth and animals a partisan issue? Why the fuck did it get this way? This is one of the most depressing things ever. It really is. And it's interesting because as we talked about a little bit earlier, it didn't used to be. Yeah. You mentioned Um, Nixon was the one who signed the Endangered Species Act. Nixon! Yeah, well, we also have Nixon to thank for the EPA. Ugh. I love Nixon now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wouldn't go that far. He was was a pretty corrupt motherfucker. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is there was a time in American politics where everyone saw the value of clean air and clean water. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the planet not collapsing in on itself through the death of various ecosystems. Yeah. Yeah. and I, I feel like this is a much larger discussion about like how did topics like this become so polarized? And yeah. I think we could spend a whole episode on that. I think one of the answers to that question is cable news. Yeah. Well, because like- if you look at the advent of the 24-hour news cycle and and the shift in like partisan politics, it's like it lines up almost perfectly. Yeah. What I don't understand, like why, why, why 
is wanting to protect the environment a bad thing? Like, I've literally seen my uncle on Facebook say that he is, quote, convinced that climate change is an issue made up by Democrats. Is Fox News preaching that? I'd like to think not. Like, are they are they preaching that Democrats are coming for the coal and that's what's upsetting everybody? I mean, I think that it boils down to... And to answer your question, yes, Fox News does often um, <laughs> parade climate change as uh, as a falsehood, like a liberal conspiracy, if you will. Um, <sighs> but I think a lot of it is people who are incapable of considering anything outside of their rapidly shrinking bubble of existence as they get right. old. It's like they get old and they they stop existing out in the world and all they do is sit in front of Fox news for 40 hours a week, as Parker said when he was on the show a couple weeks ago, and it, it really constricts their worldview and they get to a point where it's like, well, fuck it. What do I care? I'm going to be dead in 20 years. This doesn't matter. Like this isn't going to impact my lifetime. So I don't really have to believe that it's real. Yeah. I am praying that climate change and endangered species now are big issues during the 2020 presidential election. I'm praying this gets brought up during the debates because Trump has done a lot of bad stuff with the EPA, relaxed oil regulations and stuff like this. The thing is, they're going to have to find a way to convince voters that they will be personally impacted by this because unfortunately, the average voter doesn't care about an issue that sounds too lofty to them. Mm -hmm. They want to hear about the direct impact it is going to have on their personal life. Show maps, show charts. And you know, what's really funny about that is like in California, like having lived in Southern California and also growing up in Northern California, I see that all the time because we, we are still in a drought, but it wasn't as bad as it was a few years ago. And I would, you know, I feel like Northern California, especially like where I live, like we've been letting our lawns die for years now because we, you know, think like, well, if we're in a drought, like you have to conserve water. But in contrast, like that whole time it was happening, I was going back and forth from LA to San Francisco. Nobody's lawns were dying in LA. Right. You know, but like, where does all the water come from? It comes from up North, but nobody thinks about that because they're just like, you know, all they care about is their perfectly manicured lawns. And it's just like another example of how people don't realize how bad it is yeah. until it's really bad. Yeah. Like look at what's happening in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you think that'll never happen here. Yep. Well, and when they do, it's like they think angels are the fucking answer, which blows my mind. A few years ago, um, the governor in Georgia, we were having a really um, – severe drought here one summer and he literally led a prayer on the steps of our capitol building to pray for rain <laughs> did he do a rain dance too <laughs> i wish that would have been really funny but you know that's the funny thing is he probably would have like no we can't do rain dances that's like fairy tale magic that's not real but praying praying that is some legit shit you know who could have convinced him uh one of these new sasha baron cohen Act uh, characters who keeps fooling oh. all these Republicans into doing stupid If that's shit. not coming down the pipeline, he fucked up. <laughs> did you guys, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but do you hear that this week he interviewed Roy Moore and put a fake pedophile detector on him? <laughs> I oh kept going off. God. 
Amazing. Anyway, uh, yeah, all this stuff going on with the environment is really sad. I, I want to see all these people who are in denial. If you're deni- in denial about what scientists are saying, you should not have access to doctors anymore. They're sci- scientists. They study to help you. They are not politically biased. You also shouldn't be able to use Netflix. Keep using Blockbuster. You shouldn't be able to use modern technology, environmental technology. Stick with an old thermostat. Stick with an old internet connection. Don't change. Keep the old shit that you think is perfectly fine for all of us to use. Can't take it anymore. You know, asbestos is really healthy as well. That's something else I learned recently from the Trump administration. So, yeah, you know what? Lead-based paint, too. Hmm. Just repaint your house in that shit. Cigarettes. Drink while you're pregnant. All these things are fine. I mean, people did it back in the day. Anyway. All right. Well, let's end on a light note. Let's do that. Do some Google that shit. For anyone who doesn't remember, this is where we give a phrase and you have to guess what the autocompletes will be on Google. We love this Google feature. It's very helpful. And also gives us a game we've been doing for years. So, ladies, the environment is... Dying. Yeah, not as high as it should be, though. It's number eight. The environment is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Related, the environment is getting better. I don't know what this one is. The environment is everything that isn't me. (laughs) Oh, this is a quote from Albert Einstein. Oh, it's not that funny anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we shouldn't laugh. What idiot said that in a song? Here's another one. I don't really get it, but the environment is the third teacher. I don't get it either, but not for long. Basically, we're going. Well, it's teaching us what not to do. (laughs) All right. Next one. Why is Twitter... Terrible. A dumpster fire. Trump's favorite thing. Uh, Wow. None of them. Oh, why wow. is, the number one one is why is Twitter so slow? I don't have problems with Twitter. Oh, why is broken, Twitter? But, why hmm. is Twitter only a hundred and forty characters? Well, that's no longer, so that's not uh, here yeah. Anymore. But <laughs> here's, okay, here's here's a Trump inspired one. Why is Twitter so liberal? <laughs> he he was tweeting the other day about uh, some sort of alleged bias in autocomplete that's... searches. That's so funny because like Twitter is it's so easy to just like wrap yourself in a bubble on Twitter. Like you can right. literally customize what you see. Totally. That's hilarious. Here's a scary one. Why is Twitter in Russian? <laughs> Sir, you were hacked. Why is Twitter <laughs> deleting my followers? Isn't that a thing that's happening right now? Oh, that was. Yeah, I don't see that. But no, yeah, they started deleting fake accounts. I lost like a thousand people. I haven't lost any. I'm shocked. Oh, you just have half like my followers are bots. Oh, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, next Google that shit. Michael Cohen is... An actor. A paid actor. <laughs> a crisis no. actor, as no. Alex Jones might say. <laughs> yeah. These are funny. Uh, kind of similar to what you guys are saying. Michael Cohen is toast. Is number two. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is Michael Cohen is getting desperate. 
Yeah. Not a lie. <laughs> this one, I guess, is a theory. Michael Cohen is a Democrat. <laughs> uh, it looks like he was uh, a Democrat from in 2000, before 2002 and then from 2004 to 2017. Huh. I mean, Trump used to be a Democrat, too. Right. But you know so. Trump's going to start using that on Twitter. Michael Cohen, that guy is the worst lawyer. Also, I, I, I can't believe that people don't understand that certain issues are nonpartisan. Like, it doesn't matter what you vote. Like, you should be able to tell the difference between right and wrong. Right. Law is law. He is a lawyer. Right. Uh, what also cracks me up about Michael Cohen, by the way, is how Giuliani and Trump are now shit-talking Michael Cohen when he was, like, the, the greatest thing on earth a, a month ago. <laughs> Um, Michael Cohen is talking. Michael Cohen is a businessman. Michael Cohen is he married? <laughs> wow! Some ladies Somebody, are attracted to that. I mean, if he goes to jail, he can set up some <laughs> conjugal visits. <laughs> All right. Uh, final one. Uber is a mm, scam. Yes, but yeah, I was going to say that. There's a word tacked on to the end of it. Uber is a scam math. A math? Uber is a scam math. So Oh, that's weird. I'm wondering if people are trying to calculate like the costs. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The number one result actually is related to what you two said. Uber is a ripoff. Yeah, never... it totally is. Is it? I think so, especially with the surge pricing and stuff. Mm. I haven't encountered that yet, and I am shocked. How could somebody say it's a ripoff, though, if it's cheaper than a taxi? But is it? It depends. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've never encountered surge pricing, Pam. No, and I don't know how that's possible, because I feel like I only take Uber on the weekends and only when I'm out in major cities. Well, the thing is, it no longer calls it surge pricing. Mm, but I still is, don't feel like it's that expensive. Yeah. I don't it know. Maybe dep- I'm not going long, like, long distances enough. Well, it also depends on how many drivers are on the road or the demand yeah, at any that's given true. time. So I know you turn in early, so you might, you might head back <laughs> in after uh, 10 p.m. before it starts surging. Yeah. I know you know that life well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uber, Uber just, just shows up. At 9 p.m. They know I'm going to want to leave. I don't even have to call it. (laughs) Uh, Uber is a Ponzi scheme. Uber is a taxi company. Uber is a private company. Boring search phrases. Except for this one. Uber is a waste of time. (sighs) All right. Well, that's how we play Google that shit. We used current news topics for this week's edition. Coming up in After Dark today, we are going to continue the segment of the summer, MuggleSuck. But in a fun twist, I'm actually not going to talk about MuggleNet. I'm going to talk about something else that's going on in fandom right now that, is, that makes me want to put my head through a wall. And this is, this is active, ongoing, and I will discuss it in today's After Dark, available on Patreon. We will also take questions from the audience. We did AP Choice. That is a benefit over at Patreon. We made a post earlier this week. We said, hey, top supporters, what do you want us to talk about? Control the show. You're behind the wheel. So they submitted some questions, and we are going to address those today. 
By the way, we do have a new benefit at patreon.com slash millennial. You can co-host the whole freaking show with us. We're going to start that in the next week or two. We're going to bring on our first guest. And we will continue to mix in other guests that we choose who we know, like Pat, like Mark. Um, And yeah, that's about it. That's what we've got for everybody this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. To send us out today, we'll play one of my my favorite Demi Lovato song, and probably the song of the summer for the rest of eternity, Cool for the Summer. I freaking love this song. Bye, everybody. See ya. Tell me what you want, what you like, it's okay. I'm a little curious, too. Tell me if it's wrong, if it's right, I don't care. I can keep a secret, kid. You got my mind on your body, and your body on my mind. Got a taste for the cherry, I just need to take a bite. Don't tell your mother. One another, die for each other. We're cool for the summer. Pam, what do you it's think a great is the song? What? What do you think is the ultimate song of the summer? This year? No, ever. Oh, ever. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I can't think past like one two summers yeah like I've, i think despacito is still going strong and that was definitely oh the my summer God. last year but do you like it? that song it's great <laughs> i think i i'm set on cool for the summer being the best that's a great that's a great ever. one all i can think of right now is um um <laughs> who let the dogs out that's like the only thing that's coming <laughs> from that right so funny Fun fact about that song, that is the first song I ever downloaded from Napster. Oh. I was like, wow, I have a, a music library for free at my fingertips. What is the first song song I'm going to download? I was a LimeWire child myself. LimeWire, yeah, that was a good one. It used to take forever. You'd have to like leave it downloading. And then maybe if you were lucky when you got back from school, it was it was fun <laughs> finished. <laughs> maybe you had NSYNC's new album waiting for you. That's right. If you were lucky. <laughs>